Oh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Hope, I hope everybody had a great time yesterday with your families. And <clears throat> man, it's been so fun this morning to be here together and, uh, and to see your faces. I'm, I'm usually up on the front row and can't see anybody. And so it's uh, been cool to see you and to hear you sing. Uh, it's been a blessing to me this morning already. Uh, last week, we talked, uh, last month, you know, we've been talking about Advent, which uh, if you didn't know, Advent means coming. We've been talking about the first Advent or the first coming of Jesus. And so now that Christmas has come and gone, sadly, uh, we want to look at the second Advent or the second coming uh, of Jesus. And so that's what we're going to kind of be doing this morning. Um, <coughs> I've told everybody that this, my, my plan is to talk for 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> now, now <laughs> um, preachers always try to talk short and, and that never works. But I'm sitting down, so I think that might help. We'll see. Um, but uh, let's pray together and uh, we'll get started. Father, this morning we're grateful for our church family, um, that we get to gather and hear each other sing, we get to hug each other's necks and encourage one another and uh, celebrate a new life through baptism. And uh, Lord, we're just grateful that we have a family like this uh, who can get together and be there for one another. Father, bless your word this morning as, as we talk about the second advent, bless uh, the singing, bless, uh, bless our church family as we, as we scatter here in a little bit to, uh, back to our homes and our families, and um, just uh, bless us throughout this week. God, we love you. Bless our time now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, when you were a kid, you can think about, you know, how you waited for Christmas and how um, a month out seemed like an eternity. Right, until Christmas would come, and you thought about all the things that you did on Christmas. You thought about the presents, you thought about all the food, you thought about maybe going to see family or having dinner at grandparents' house or whatever, but uh, you know, as a kid, you're looking and longing, and, and it just seems like it'll never get here, right? Um, and even, even on Christmas Eve, it seems like the longest night in the world as, as kids struggle to go to sleep and as they wake up at 5 a.m., and, and just the longing anticipation is just, uh, it just never goes away. Right, um, and each passing day seems to crawl by slower and slower, and it seems like Christmas will never come. All of us have known that feeling, that feeling of waiting, the feeling of longing, uh, and in many ways, it's not just about Christmas, but really the story of our lives, the story of the world is one of waiting, one of longing. Since the fall of the world, we have been waiting. Since Genesis chapter 3, when everything broke, we've been waiting. Since that first promise that a son would come to crush the head of the serpent. Uh, we've been waiting. Through the days of Noah, through the flood and the destruction of the world, the world's been waiting. Through Abraham and this promise that God would bless the whole world through his family, the world has been waiting. Through fighting to obtain the promised land, through the, the walls of Jericho falling, through, through rebelling and send it, God having to send judges to call his people back to him, through finally getting a king that was a, a man after God's own heart in David, uh, the world has been waiting. Through a divided kingdom, through military defeat, through exile of the people of God and slavery, we have waited. Through prophets foretelling the day when, when this king will come and the government will sit on his shoulders and, and we would call him Prince of Peace and Mighty God and ever, Everlasting uh, Father and Wonderful Counselor, the world has waited. And through 400 years of silence, 
with no prophets and no miracles and no mighty works of God, no parting of Red Seas or nothing really significant whatsoever in the silence the world has waited. Waiting is hard. It is especially hard when you do not know the day or the hour for which you wait, but you wait for some undetermined date to come. But believing that that day is coming and that when that day does come and that everything will change, you can't help but wait. And not just wait, but long and ache for that day. Will it be hours? Will it be days, months, years, or centuries? How long must the world wait for the promises of God to finally come to pass? The world looked for signs. The world saw false messiahs come and go again and again. And as the world waited and longed and hoped that the day would come soon, and then finally one day it came. The day actually came, the day that the the star was in the sky, an announcement to the world that this day we've waited for and longed for has finally come. The king and the line of David, the one who would crush the serpent and set the world right, has finally come. And no one knew. Mary and Joseph in a stable all alone, knowing this day had come, the day their people had waited for, the world had waited for, had come, and the world sat in ignorance. So God told some shepherds. And he told a few foreign astrologers who saw the star, who took a year to get there, that the day the world had been longing for, for thousands of years, had finally come, and really nobody knew about it. Ever so slowly, that would change, though. Jesus would grow up. He would start teaching. He would amass a following, and that would change. People would come to believe that he is the long-awaited one, the Messiah. Peter would proclaim, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. People were healed, the lame walked, the blind could see again, the dead were raised. Surely this is the Messiah we've been waiting for, the king we've so longed for. So when is he going to overthrow Rome? Where is his army? When is he going to take his throne? Confusion and sadness struck as the long-awaited Messiah was arrested, flogged, humiliated, hung on a cross to suffocate and die. We've waited so long. What happened? Did God fail? He was supposed to crush evil forever. He was supposed to be a king. He was supposed to make the lion lie down with the lamb and change the world forever. How could he be dead? And again, they waited. They didn't know for what. Was he not the one? Must we wait on another? As their hearts ached and souls broken, not knowing if they could wait anymore, but on the third day, the waiting was over. Because the one who was dead had come back to life. The one who he had raised others from the dead had himself been raised from the dead. And he was alive. And so now he must be raising his army. Now he will take back his throne. Now he will bring his kingdom. Now he will restore Israel. Now all the world will be set right and healed. Right? Wait, you're leaving? You just came back. What do you mean? You want us to go tell others about you. Why don't you go tell them? Are you not ready to restore your kingdom? You're really leaving? It's only been 40 days. Why are you leaving? We just, we just got you back. How are you leaving? Your work is not done yet. And there he goes. He's gone. And what the angels say, he will return in the same way that he left in the clouds. And so, and so the church got to work. They listened. They started spreading the good news to all who would hear. And many believed and many were baptized and many joined the movement called The Way. But altogether, they continued to wait and to long 
because there was a second coming. A second advent, the, the second coming, the day of his return, when he finishes what he started, when his death, uh, uh, when he put death to death, and with his resurrection, he, he began something. With his work in this first coming, he began a project to make all things new. Not to make new things, but to make all things new, but, but not yet. For the world must first know of who he is, so that when he returns, he might make them all new as well. And so we wait, but we wait and we work and we labor and we preach and we serve and we share while we wait and while we long. You see, redemption has been accomplished already, but it is not fully realized. Victory has been won, but the rebuilding is still underway. Like a wrapped present on Christmas morning with your name on it, the present is here, it is there, it is yours. It is just waiting to be opened. And so the kingdom of God is ours. It is secure. It is here. It is there. We just must await for its final arrival. The world read prophecies. The the world knew the things the Messiah was supposed to accomplish, but they didn't realize that it took two trips. That it would take two trips for the Messiah to accomplish what he set out to do. They did not know that his first coming would be marked by servitude by humility, by suffering, and by death, that his first coming would set the stage for all the rest that he came to do. That in order to rebuild the world, he first had to destroy the evil one's grip on it. Before he could remake it, he first had to destroy sin's grip on us. And the only way he could do that was by entering our suffering, by suffering himself, by taking on sin and our sin himself. So that he could go into the grave and crush sin and leave sin in the grave. So sin has been defeated. Death has lost its sting. The power of darkness has lost. But yet still we wait. We wait so the rest of the world can hear the wonderful news and the deeds that our Messiah has done. We wait so the world can hear and in hearing believe and in believing be made new. New creations and gain access and adoption and interest entrance into God's family and God's kingdom forever. For if Jesus returned too soon, many who lived in ignorance would have been lost forever. And so he waits. He waits. The Lord himself waits. He waits until every tribe, tongue, and nation can hear the good news, hear the story of Christmas, hear the story of Easter, hear the story of redemption. The Lord himself waits. And he will keep waiting until everyone who belongs to him finally comes home. And now now we too wait. Here in 2021, we wait and we labor. We live in a time between times, in a world between worlds. We live as citizens of a kingdom that is not yet here, and yet we reside as aliens and foreigners in this world, in this kingdom, that we ultimately know will perish and will pass away. And yet we wait, and we wait and we suffer. We suffer and we wait and we long and we ache. We ache because we know that the world is not the way that it should be. We ache because we know the world will soon be fixed. We ache because pandemics and cancer and sickness and death will soon be a thing of the past. We ache because broken families and broken relationships, deceit, envy, and lies will soon cease to be. But now they hurt us. And they hurt those around us to the core. We ache because men have to go off to wars that should not have to be fought. 
because the war has already been won. We ache because this kingdom is not our home. This kingdom is but a remnant hanging on for dear life of an old regime that has fallen. This kingdom is a thing of the past, and we long for his kingdom to come. We long for our home. We long for his, our father's kingdom to finally come so that we can rest at last. <laughs> like a kid on Christmas, waiting is hard. It's hard because this brokenness we experience doesn't have to be. It's hard because we know it soon won't be. It'll be undone. Because soon we know that all sad things will come untrue. But it's hard because we know that when that day is coming, it'll be here soon. Are we mere days away? Are we weeks away? Are we months, years, decades, centuries? You know, many over the years have claimed to know the day of his return. A day that the Bible tells that not even the sun knows. Many have claimed to understand the signs of the times, looking to blood moons and decrypting biblical numbers, and they believe to be a code. Their prediction on the days have come and gone, and they were wrong again and again. But yet they predict new ones. And we are fascinated with such predictions because the waiting is hard. We want a glimpse to know when it's coming, when it's going to end. For waiting is hard. We long for our Savior's return. We wait not knowing the day. We wait not knowing the day for which he will return. We wait for a day we don't know exactly when it's coming. But we wait. <clears throat> we wait longing to the same sky, looking into the same sky the disciples did that day, knowing he will return in the same way that he left in the clouds. And as we wait, you know, many have claimed themselves to be the returned Christ. But we know those are foolish claims. Because when Christ does return, this time, no one will miss it. It will not be shrouded in mystery. He will not come quietly in the night. He will not come or return in obscurity. He will not return in secret. No, for an angel will come and announce his return, and the trumpet will sound. And the whole world will stand still as they behold the coming in the clouds, the returning of our king on a white horse. The King of kings and the Lord of lords will, will come and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord and this time no one will miss it. And as he returns, he will judge the living and the dead. He will resurrect everyone, some to a resurrection of condemnation and others to a resurrection of glory for those who have placed their hope in him. Our bodies will have been laid in the ground as a seed whose shell must rot like all seeds, give birth to new life. So too, our bodies will be raised in glory. We will enter our Father's kingdom forever. We will, say, we will, as the scriptures say, run on that day and not grow weary. We will walk and not grow faint. No longer will we get sick. No longer will, our, will parents bury their children or children bury their parents. No longer will tragedy strike. No longer will pandemics reign. No longer will wars and violence happen. No longer will lies and deceit and envy break friendships. With the head of the serpent crushed forever, under the heel of our Lord, we will reign as heirs, co-heirs with Christ. We will work the ground. We will build, we will think and imagine of things to do that are science fiction to us now. As the Lord told Adam and Eve in Genesis to take dominion of the earth and to subdue it, we will finally do what they failed to accomplish. And if God allowed fallen humanity to do things like put a man on the moon, 
Imagine what he will allow his redeemed children to do. We will reign with Christ. We will spread his glory as the waters cover the seas. We will feast with him at the great supper of the Lamb, and we will all finally truly know what it means when the fairy tales say, and they all lived happily ever after. Because in that kingdom, we will find the home we had always longed for, though now we can scarce imagine what that might be. It will baffle our small imaginations when we finally arrive on those majestic shores. And on that day, we will wait no more. All waiting will be over for that which all history has been longing for, that which the earth itself has been aching for with the birth pains has finally come, that to which all prophecy points, that to which God bled and died to make, that kingdom, that home that we were all made for will finally be ours. And there at the end of the story, we will find that it is actually just the beginning that the end of the world is actually only chapter one of the story God is telling. For eternity will be ours. And I can scarcely imagine the adventures that we will go on together, the laughs that we will have, and the feasts we will enjoy over the next trillion years as we turn the page but to chapter three. But for now, we wait. We wait because we do not know the day or the hour that our Lord will return, but we know that he will return. As sure as the sun rises with each passing day, our Lord will return. And so though it is hard, we can do it. We can wait. Because the one who conquers death is coming for us. And he is good and he is worthy. And he will not delay. He won't be late. He won't be early, but will arrive at exactly the right time. And so we can wait. We can do it because like the joy of a child on Christmas morning, the waiting and the longing will be worth the joy we have when that great day comes. And so we wait, but we sing and we pray and we preach and we long and we say, come Lord Jesus, come. Let's pray together. Father, this morning, we long and we wait and we look to the second advent, the second coming, the second uh, trip that it will take for you to finish what you started. It will take for you to, to finish what you've done. So Jesus, we long. Father, we long for that day. Father, if there's anyone in this room who cannot wait or long for that day because they are not a part of your kingdom, they still belong to the kingdom of this world, would you, would you give them the courage to come up to me after the service and, and just say, hey, I want to know more about following Jesus and what that means because I don't think the future you described is in the cards for me right now, and I want it to be. And I want to show you this morning how all you've got to do is come with open arms, and he'll take you back. He'll forgive you for everything and make you new. Oh, God, for those of us who, who know you and trust in you, God, help us as we long and as we ache to rest assured that we're only living but a sentence of the story you're telling that there are trillions of years to come as we go on adventures together in your kingdom. We love you, Father. In Christ's name we pray all those people said.